I'm Samir and welcome to another episode of Disruption Demystified. Today we're going to go back to our interview with Olivia Crispin, who I spoke to during the Singapore Fintech Festival, and have a good listen. Good afternoon, Asia Pacific. Good morning, Middle East. And welcome to another session with Codebase Technologies at this Singapore Fintech Festival 2021. I am Samir Khan and I am the Managing Director uh, for Asia Pacific. You guys have been hearing me for the last two days. Today at this time, I have with me Olivia Crispin, who is the co-founder and Chief Executive Officer of Zand. Hi, Olivia. Good to have you here. Hi, Samir. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, in fact. Awesome. So uh, let me start by speaking a little bit about Zand and Olivia himself. Zan plans to be the first fully independent digital bank in UAE with the remit to service both uh, retail and corporate customers. Now, uh, the new fintech, which received the confirmation from the Central Bank of UAE earlier this year, claims to be the first of its kind in the country. Olivia, since taking on this particular role in 2018, he has focused on leveraging hybrid digital banking strategies to establish Zand as the first fully digital bank in the region to combine both retail and corporate banking. Olivia brings over 20 years of extensive expertise and leadership roles in digital banking and fintech across Latin America, the US and Asia. He recognizes the need for the customer centric approach to humanize the banking industry. Prior to Zand, Olivia has been an award-winning leader at CIMB Bank, DBS, and Citigroup. Across those roles, his, he led flagship uh, programs into new markets, including India and Indonesia, uh, and spearheaded the implementation of innovative technologies. So, Olivia, wonderful to talk to you. Welcome on this live cast at uh, the Singapore FinTech Festival. Uh, my first question would be, you've worked with traditional organizations, you've had an extensive career around digital banking. So what would you say would be the most important gaps that you see uh, in the world of traditional banking as it is today? Right. So that's a, that's a great question, Samir. Uh, in fact, first of all, I would like to to uh, to say hello to Singapore, right? I'm here from, from Dubai and it's a pleasure to be participating at the Singapore FinTech Festival again, right? So, that's, that's great. Uh, so I, I think so, to, to come back to your question, Samir, mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a fundamental one, right? So what mm-hmm. is the difference between a traditional bank and, and a digital bank? Right. And I see a few, few aspects, right? right. One is, uh, is the most obvious one, but I think it's probably the most important Mm-hmm. You don't have a legacy when you start a new digital bank. Um, and for a traditional bank to transform themselves while it's possible, it's a little more difficult because of the legacy. So, and, and when we talk about legacy, people always think about technology legacy, but I think it's more about the mindset legacy, uh, yeah. the way the bank are organized, etc., even the PNL which is a big resistance to change. And, you know, when you have very well-established organization, and it's 
the same in every domain, not, not only in banking. Indeed. When you are a very well-established organization, you always, when you, you, you disrupt, try to disrupt your, your, the way you are doing things, you are going to disrupt maybe you and cannibalize, cannibalize mm. your, your business. So that's the first kind of issue. Mm. The second uh, aspect is that uh, when you want to build a digital bank, you need to combine two DNA. And uh, DNA of banking, of the bank, which yeah. is hmm. around risk management, very important, hmm. compliance with regulation, financial expertise, trust, security. Is that obviously you don't want to compromise. And the bank do it pretty well, right? The traditional bank. And obviously, when you build a digital bank, you need to have this kind of uh, expertise as well. True. But you need to combine it with DNA of digital. And it's more difficult to do when you're in a traditional bank. You need to be able to shift from a, a product-centric, bank-centric organization to a customer-centric organization, True. which is True. A, a big shift. Right. You need as well to be able to leverage better the analytics. Mm -hmm. And it's not that banks don't have analytics because in any bank, you have all the tools and toys you can right. dream about uh, in terms of the analytics. But the prime, it is built with uh, usually an absence of MDM, an absence of kind of architecture that really you can only build from the day one when we build the bank. True. It's very difficult to be able to leverage uh, analytics properly. Indeed. And also the third aspect is to be able to move everything on a on a cloud, which is allowing you to really gain scalability, uh, computing power, power etc. So all this is, can be done from a traditional bank, but it's very difficult for two reasons. One is require big change uh, mm -hmm. from the people who are there. Right. And second, to attract different people that are usually very difficult to retain in banks. So. For us, when you build a digital bank with a different kind of business model, etc., mm -hmm. you can attract people coming from Google, people coming from Virgin, yeah. people. That's, mm. you, and sincerely, we have for the last two years and a half, we have these people, which yeah. I, I never managed to do when I was <laughs> in a traditional bank. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, I, the traditional banks have been... Uh, uh, and you rightly said, like, for example, it's hard to hold on to good talent and there is a lot of legacy and probably the kind of skill set is needs uh, and both from a cultural perspective, the technology perspective that drive needs to be there. But traditional banks, it's not that they're not trying to be digital or the sentiment is that all financial institutions in one way or the other have at least embarked on that journey, but very slow. Uh, COVID may have potentially accelerated some bits, but I still think that uh, fundamentally that change is quite slow. Any thoughts on that? I mean, why do you feel traditional banks have been kind of slow to adopt this digital change? So obviously, some banks that are going uh, faster than others, right? You have banks, right. you know, mm. my, my previous bank, right, TBS, mm. uh, CMB are moving pretty well, right, on a digitalization right. space. Hmm. I think it has also been accelerated by COVID. Uh, hmm. What I'm looking, you know, a few years ago to open an, a bank account online, already you, you can do it, it's pretty easy, it can yes. take 90 seconds. Um, and 
nowadays, you know, to if you want to travel, right? If mm-hmm. you want to go visit a country these days, mm-hmm. with all the things you need to do online, is even more difficult than opening a bank account, right? Yeah. So, for example, you go, you want to go spend a, a week somewhere, you have to upload your passport, you have right. to upload the vaccination certificate, you have right. to upload. So everybody, people got a crash course on mm-hmm. getting familiar with using QR code, uploading documentation, submitting, you know. So, so that's helped to accelerate. Mm-hmm. Also, obviously, with the fact that people didn't want for a while to have any more human contact, um, mm-hmm. physical, I mean. Yes. I think people as well were very keen to, to really start moving to, to digital. And for me, the one of, if there is great outcome of COVID. I don't think we can mm-hmm. say there is any great outcome, but mm-hmm. take any taxi nowadays in the world, mm-hmm. they all accept uh, contactless payment. Right, right. Uh, I, I can see here in Dubai before, like two mm-hmm. years ago, you go to a taxi, no, sorry, sir, my machine doesn't work. I don't know how to use it or I don't have yep. a machine. Yeah. Nowadays, 100%, it works, they use it. It's not a, 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 even a question anymore. Are you going to be paid by cash or by card, right? So I guess most people don't know because of security reasons, they don't want to touch physical yeah. notes. It, it has accelerated significantly. So a lot of banks as well are, uh, see their business moving from physical to digital. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the key reasons, limitation of a traditional bank to really become a full digital player is is they need to be built as a platform. Right. And very often when I did, I, I define what I am or what, what the organization we are building is, mm-hmm. I don't define it as a bank. I define it as a platform with a banking license. So that means mm-hmm. that you should be able to connect with many different systems in right. a very seamless, uh, seamless way. Yes. To be able, not only having a, a front-end banking activity, but be able to support all the pipes of digital businesses True. that exist mm-hmm. in the country, but also digital people and also traditional corporate who are transforming themselves into becoming digital as well. Right, right. Yeah, quite interesting that. And and right, you are, you know, in terms of, I think, the usability and the, the ease of use, and I guess even the habits of the general public at large has changed and yeah we can't really call it merits of having a pandemic but i think it has more so helped people to you know avoid contact and therefore you know sometimes with and in most of the countries and uh, grab here in singapore you kind of prepay everything over the app so it has been easy so tell me olivia more about now being in traditional banks driving digital transformation but here you are building the entire challenger bank so what is what is exciting about this role where you start greenfield and you build a bank you know so what it's, exciting it's, about that yeah. so it's really uh, exciting and uh, it's, it's an amazing journey right mm-hmm. I, I always say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity when you have the opportunity to to build a bank from scratch right, right because right. and there are some stuff i i didn't I underestimate when I mm-hmm. start because when you build a digital bank on top of an existing bank, you have already your risk team, you have already the compliance team, you have right. already 
lot of support, even HR, everything. Here we have to start everything. So this gives you a lot of advantage because you can mm-hmm. rethink all your process, you can rethink all your policy, you can rethink everything. But right. it has also some inconvenience because you really start from a zero, right? Yes, so, yes. but that's uh, great. I think the key one is uh, to be able to redefine the business. We, you know, we don't have the silos. And I think it's a very mm. important point between retail and corporate bank. And I think, right. we, of course, you have some people who are more specialized, but mm. by, from an organization point of view, not having the silos, you can do much more because you can uh, you can approach your retail and corporate client in a in a very holistic manner. Uh, mm. Sometimes it, it, it's limited in a traditional organization. That's right. where the key part is really to be able to leverage the latest technology. So uh, mm-hmm. defining what we believe is an optimum technology architecture and right. and data mm-hmm. architecture, which is going to allow us to really do things that we believe other cannot do. The last aspect and very important is mm. what I have been extremely excited about is to be able to define and build a brand as well. And spending time understanding, okay, oh, we, what was very important for me is because we are going to start from day one, we can try to define what is the essence, what yes. we want to represent mm. for people, mm. what we want to stand for. Mm-hmm. And from that, define a name, define a logo, and name, logo, everything should represent what you are going to do. So let me spend a, a few seconds, right, explaining what Zen means. And because please, we'd love I, to know. I, I yeah. Tell everybody is what when you explain the story of Zen and yes. logo, I meaning, etc. You will be able to understand what we want to do. So please. Zen is a contraction of sand. Uh, because obviously there is a lot of sand here in UAE and uh, strength in Arabic, which is Zend, Z-E-N-D. So we combine the two in Zend, a strong sand. And why sand besides the fact that there is a lot of sand here is because when you look at all the particles of sands, right, you look, they are all unique yeah. and beautiful. Hmm. So True. that represents our client who are all unique, beautiful, hmm. who have different needs. That's also represent our employees who are all unique and beautiful and have also that's represent our partners and one of our partners is code based. We also unique, beautiful, some skills. And the idea is that when you bring all these particles of sense together, mm-hmm. you start creating a community, you start right. creating an ecosystem. Right. You start creating, a, be able to build bridges, cities, uh, imagine of dune of sands that is moving and you, that you cannot stop because mm. together it's really meaning sand, all this particle of sand coming together is represent that we are going to leverage the best everywhere for right. the good of the client. And our logo is an orb that is not finished because we'll always be in, in, in constant evolution. Mm. Uh, last two points. Sand is silicon, so it's digital. Yes. And if you read Zend backward, Z, it do DNA Z, yes. which means it's the latest kind of uh, technology or organization, right. modern organization, the latest generation of yes. organization. Yes. So yes. all this, you know, represent what we want to be and how we build the, the platform. And when you see, I mentioned a lot about ecosystem community, yes. a lot of the financing we are going to do is 
around this. A lot of our product mm -hmm. is around community ecosystem. So we have product called ecosystem link financing. Mm -hmm. We are going to finance SME because we understand the ecosystems they are belonging. Right. So right. that's uh, what is exciting, right? To build a bank from zero because we can define everything starting from the name. Absolutely, <laughs> and indeed, indeed. And I must say that you know your articulation of of, of the story behind Zand and how you've put it together uh, and equated that to technology, people, partners, ecosystem, and a financial services institution itself. Brilliant. I mean, it sounds really good. Uh, I just wanted to take another point here. From a new bank perspective, this is a new fresh bank. Uh, how will it be impacting financial inclusion? Because there is also sentiment around in the marketplace, in the financial services and fintech at large, that challenger banks, new banks are also going to solve this area of financial inclusion. Just wanted to hear your thoughts as, as a CEO of Zand. Yes, so that's also key things, right? We, mm. we are focusing on is uh, again the community and the different particles of science right. of people coming together. Mm. And because you are, we are digital, I think it's much easier uh, to, to onboard uh, people. Yes. Uh, you know, many banks have a limitation. Uh, for us, it's a as you know, I, I think Jacques Ma was saying when he wants to, uh, he doesn't need to open a new shop, he just adds more servers, but it's right. pretty much mm. the same. And, and we want really to go not only in UAE, we are going to agree and expand in Africa and other parts of the world, where in many cases, only 20-25% of the population have a bank account. Hmm. So we are embarking in the program, which is, I call it uh, financial education, financial literacy, and financial inclusion. Wow. Yeah. So first of all you need to provide the education you know banking is something uh, that can be complex that's nobody asks about finance right you don't learn at school about finance true, you don't true. talk with your parents about finance usually so it's something you try to find a friend you know you try to figure out and sometimes you have questions you don't you hesitate to ask yeah uh, so education we are we are embarking into a program on education as well about mm -hmm. finance Mm -hmm. So education will lead it to financial literacy, people understanding, be able to understand how to save, how to invest, how to mm -hmm. secure and protect uh, what you have. And then this, when you know, when you have this kind of uh, baseline, you are able to do financial uh, inclusion. So a lot of focus on that. Uh, in fact, our partnering, I've been uh, speaking about it at the Expo 2020, which is here in Dubai yes, this year. Yes, and we have like a, a series of six talks about financial inclusion. As part of the Expo, Zend, the company, even if we are just starting, mm -hmm. is a key sponsor of one of the six key topics uh, discussed at the Expo 2020. And the book is going to be released on financial inclusion and will be the the, the kind of one issuing these books. We have been selected for this. So that's uh, something we are really... Yes. Excellent. This is such a good initiative. The truth is that uh, the criticality is that when people are not included uh, in or don't get financial services, it becomes hard for them to access loans for emergency spending and so on and your institution i love the 
I love the ideology that we have to go out, educate, let's find out ways to educate. And therefore, they become your customer and an important user and get the financial services that they can avail. But then a lot of companies, a lot of uh, new banks popping about in the marketplace, be it in Southeast Asia, be it in Middle East, you know, we've seen a boom of that happening in the North Americas, uh, more so in Europe. And uh, I'm just trying to understand, do you see the role of traditional banks? How do you see that uh, from a traditional banking perspective, their role in the financial ecosystem? I, knew, I know they will, they will be here. There were questions that financial institutions, traditional ones, whether it's a big threat or not, but I don't see that. But what are your thoughts like with so many new banks popping up around the world? Where do you see the role of traditional banks in the financial ecosystem? So I think uh, some will be able to adjust in the financial ecosystem. Also have big limitation because of cost, right? And uh, to come back about the financial inclusion, right? Again, Mm -hmm. you know, even uh, all banks, pretty much all of them, they charge you $2 or whatever to just per month, right? Just to have a bank account, right? That shows that they are not really committed into this, Mm. right? Right. Uh, so, but to be able to connect to ecosystem and to be able to connect to web 3.0 and so on, right? You yes. really need to be built as a platform. And I think this is a key limitation. Hmm. You need as well to be built as a platform and you need to be able to be able to do a business based on big transaction volumes and not kind of a smaller limited number of volume with right. a high cost. So. Right. That's a bank to transform from this to, uh, from a, uh, you know, transaction which are highly priced, etc., mm-hmm. and uh, to a model where you charge a fraction of it. Is right. You, right. you need to have the structure. So to connect to the ecosystem, again, you need to have all your technology online. You need to have, I guess, everything on the cloud. You need right. to, to get your organization, your structure aligned around it. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very difficult. It's not impossible. Of course, some mm. will do it, right? Of course. And, and they are good, great bank, right? Again, I mentioned DBS. I think they do yes. fantastic things, even on the, on the crypto side, on the, on the DeFi and so on. Right. They start, they're already moving fast. But right. it's easier for a bank that is organized as a platform. Right, right. They want. Mm. Mm. So wonderful. I actually uh, applaud the work that you're doing. Really want to wish you well. I'm really looking forward to the book, uh, Financial Inclusion. That's something that uh, I I love to learn about because when you look at, and you've been here in Asia Pacific for a while, so you know that countries like uh, Indonesia, Philippines, and Mekong, you know, the, the three countries, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, there's a large percentage of unbanked and probably a larger percentage of underbanked uh, people. And that's why the ideologies and the thought process, it's good to understand what Zand is doing differently that makes it a unique player. Uh, excellent to have you here. And hopefully, I think uh, people have enjoyed this session. Olivia will be a familiar face to many here in Asia Pacific. So I'm happy everybody's getting to see him live here. And uh, thank you, Olivia, for participating at this. I'd love to talk to you. And we should speak again. Thank you. Thank you very much, Samir. And look uh, for people who are following us. You can always follow me in LinkedIn. Yes, And I reply 100% of the message I receive on LinkedIn. So you can always connect. Okay, thank you all. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. That was Olivia Crispin, CEO of Sandbank. And uh, we'll get to talk to him again uh, in one of our future podcasts. Thank you for listening in and uh, tune in once again next week for uh, another interview or another session on what's happening in fintech in Asia. Thank you, everyone.